Welcome to Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose, where we pull back the curtain on running a financial advisory business focused on providing intentional advice to couples and families. I'm Dennis Morton. And I'm Katie Brown. Welcome back, and thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to the Simply Why podcast. I'm Dennis Morton here with Katie Brown from Morton Brown Family Wealth. Katie, good morning. How are you? Hey, Dennis. Good morning. I'm, I'm great. It's Friday. How could you not be great? It, it is great. You know, this is the first podcast we've recorded since we got back from the Future Proof Festival. <gasps> a couple weeks is ago. It, yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, we, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. So we, we were out in Huntington Beach, California, the Future Proof Festival. So you've heard of conferences. This was a financial festival on the beach, outdoors, some of the best and most influential financial advisors in the country just sharing ideas. And it, it was wild, wasn't it? Cool. It was very wild. And, you know, I, I've shared this before, but the vibe there was so different from other conferences that we've been to. I think sometimes you show up at a conference and half the attendees kind of, there, there's a sense of, I know I have to come to this. I know I'm going to learn some stuff. And that's kind of the extent of the enthusiasm that they might show up with. Right. This conference was just filled with energy, like really, truly people in roles of leadership, working with one another, talking to one another, collaborating. How can we do things better in this industry? How can we serve more people? How can we serve more advisors? Because I mean, it's the whole spectrum of the financial industry. Yeah. And it was just such a great energy. I loved it. Yeah. I think we came back on fire from that. Got to, got to meet some of our favorite people. Got to meet some really cool people. We're blessed to have some really good friendships in the industry now. So that was fun. Got to meet some of my favorite podcasters. I met Joe Weisenthal from the Oddlots podcast. He does a great <laughs> job. Who also, who also has a new country album out. We'll talk about that later. But, huh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, he's a guitar player. So it's got some, something in common. Nice. So here's what we're going to talk about today. Kind of along the lines of a future proof and what it means to be surrounded by growing advisory firms around the country is this idea of why does growth matter for an advisory firm? Why should we be focused on the growth of our, of our firm and how does it benefit the families that we serve? I, I think it comes down to a lot of the, how do we do more good work, right? That, that's how we've kind of framed this, isn't it? Yes. And, and I think growth can be viewed a couple of different ways. We're in this industry now five years, and we are very fortunate to have grown from about 88 families that we started with to over 215 families now that we're working with. So we have had some tremendous growth. And we've gotten a couple of questions or maybe side comments from clients along the lines of, well, I hope you don't go too fast. or And I think the sort of question in the back of their mind Will I still be serviced well? Yes. And 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 so I, I love the idea of talking about the benefits of the growth and how that actually translates into better service, better offerings, more attention, not less attention. And I think anecdotally, what we're starting to discover is that the opposite has happened in other segments of the industry where advisors have almost grown accidentally mm-hmm. because we're getting a sense. We hear with the number of families that are added, we hear the stories. We hear where they're coming from, what their experience has been. And I think there's two things we want to, want to talk about today. One is their experience when they walk through the door of, of how they've received advice or not received advice and why that might be. But then also the trust issue. Well, let's, let's start with their service experience. I think a lot of clients coming in say, I've been working with an advisor for a number of years, but I get the sense they have too many clients that I'm, I'm a very small 
portion of this, or I'm just a number. And I think the reality has been that the, the advisory business has been graying for a number of years. And what's happened is the client relationships, those hundreds of clients that an advisor might have, have cascaded down to the next generation and piled on the plate of this now kind of mid-career generation who have been the successor for multiple advisors. And I think they're drowning in the number of clients that they have. Yeah. I think, and I've heard this across many different industries too, like this is definitely a challenge for a financial industry. I think it's a, a challenge in accounting, yep. law, yeah. even even healthcare, some many different industries where there is a large retiring population. And some of the successors coming up behind people that are retiring may not want to work as long. So they're looking at a shorter time horizon and it's kind of difficult to backfill some of the people that are out there right in front of the clients right now. And so for good or bad, there's a squeeze that's happening. And unless you are very conscious of it and you're proactively putting in the work to prepare for that next level of succession, I think without that work, unfortunately, the clients on the other end are the ones that are going to feel that stress probably more so than the people retiring or moving into those succession roles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we talk about doing the work, a lot of it is, it is the financial planning. It's addressing kind of the holistic side of, of the balance sheet, not just the investments. I mean, the investments are table stakes, but is the advisor designing their service model around the client? Are they designing their investment offerings, their financial planning structure, investing in the business? You and I just did our annual offsite this week where we talked about plans for 2024 and hiring new, new people. We always try and hire more CFPs in advance of our need to do that. So we, we manage our capacity well. The idea of what it means to do the work, I think sometimes clients don't know what they should expect of an advisor. And it's just, well, I've been working with them for a while. I guess this is what it's supposed to be. But there, there's other... There's other options. I love that you brought up client expectations because we have a, a vision here at our firm to create a community of clients and professionals living purposeful lives through the stewardship of wealth. But I would say there's probably another list of different visions and missions that we have kind of behind this business as well that we probably don't talk about often enough. And one of them really is raising that bar for what clients should expect of their advisor, the service they should expect to receive, and empowering them to be able to step forward and say, hey, I need this. And if they're not getting it, to say, okay, I know that there are other places where I can get this great level of service. So I, I think just increasing the, the mindset of the consumer for what an advisory relationship could be and their expectations there is a huge piece of you know my personal goal, but I think also just a goal of the firm in general. Yeah, I'll, I'll share a story just earlier today. Uh, a client called up is a relatively recent client. We'd gone through the financial planning process and one of the, the tasks for uh, coming out of the financial plan was to go back to his bank for the cash that he was keeping in the bank to make sure he was getting the best money market rate. So the client calls up the bank and says, uh, I want the best rate that you have, the rate that I saw advertised. And the response was, that's a teaser rate. That's only for new clients. And he said, well, I've been with you since 1988. And they're like, I'm sorry, we can't do anything for you. He kept calling back and asking, trying to get to talk to somebody different, eventually made an appointment to meet at the bank. And when he gets there, 
who's sitting across from him but a financial advisor, talking to him about annuities and investments and sliding paperwork to establish brokerage accounts. And his response was, I already have an advisor. I already have a financial plan. And the plan was to come here and talk to you about money markets. Why are you trying to sell me something? And I think that's one of those things where, and this is now we're leaning into the trust issue, why people don't trust our industry. Because you can't have a conversation with someone so often in the financial advisory space or in banking without getting sold immediately. And it was such, it was so off-putting to him uh, that he reached out and said, I just want to talk this through with you because I'm really frustrated by it. Well, just as we lean into this topic, we're very fortunate to work with a lot of clients who, in our first meeting with them, when they were first kicking the tires, they flat out said, I don't trust your industry. And it's because they've been burned. It's because they've been neglected. It's just, so we hear that and we've had to earn that trust back. But Katie, let's, let's talk about kind of why there's a lack of trust and then tie back to what it means for us to grow. When we say lack of trust, I think it's both a combination of clients feeling as if there's a mismatch between what they are seeking and what they're being offered. And sometimes that comes as an intentional mismatch. Sometimes that comes as a, a lack of knowledge on the advisor's part of the family and what they truly need. And often that is coming from their lack of capacity. Mm-hmm. I think along the lines of that story that you shared, we also hear stories and and we have very recently of people both inside of the industry, young advisors trying to find their path in this industry and the experiences they've had. And also from a client perspective saying, I just don't think my advisor has the time to work with me and to work with my family. You know, I call, I leave messages, I don't get a call back or I just flat out haven't heard from anybody in three years, five years. We have many clients that have come to us where they have said they have not heard from their advisor in at least five years. And so there's naturally a lack of trust when that advisor pops up and and what they're going to say to the client. Do they really know what's happened in in their family over that time period? Do they know enough prior to that? So I, I think all of that feeds into a lack of trust. It's, it's, lack of communication in space. And unfortunately, too, in in many of the models within our industry, advisors may be very limited as far as what they can pull forward or how they're incentivized to pull things forward. Right. That once again, you get that mismatch of the needs along with the offering. This really comes back to how do you define a successful relationship with your financial advisor? For a lot of people, it feels apathetic or transactional at best, but it takes work is, is what it is. I mean, if you were to define it, it takes us doing good work and the client reciprocating and engaging and, and being there and being present. We work a lot with couples. Uh, you and I just, we went out to dinner with our spouses the other night after our planning session, which is an annual tradition of sharing the, the plans with our significant others. And it's like marriage. It's like parenting. Anything that involves engagement or emotion like money decisions Sometimes, you know, if you don't put in the work, it can become apathetic or going through the motions. But if you do put in the work, it can be so rewarding. And I think that's a relationship with an advisor. In our best client relationships, that's what we hear is that they appreciate the work that we do. We appreciate their level of engagement. And it, be- it becomes so much different from what they're used to because 
you're both putting something into there and you're doing the work. Mm-hmm. Is that a fair analogy? Yeah, I think that's a really fair analogy. Now, let's tie that back to the growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as we, we talked about, we have had, we've had we had a nice amount of growth here over the past few years, but how does that show up positively for clients? And why should that matter? Why should clients care? Because I think it means we're getting better. We're not complacent. And, and it's, a, it's a matter of looking around and we talk about our fellow travelers that we meet when we go to the conferences like the, the Future Proof Festival. There are platforms and technologies being developed all the time that help us to better service. One of the benefits of being independent is we get to cherry pick those. We get to go out and, and talk to some of these uh, providers, meet the CEOs and the people developing them and, and figure out how it's being designed to better serve our clients. So that, that's one element of growth, but it's also developing our team. Every time we hire a new certified financial planner, it's adding to the pool of people who can continue doing the good work for many years to come. Mm-hmm. And if there's an underserved population out there, then that's an opportunity for us to serve more families and, and do better. I think that's a worthy goal. You know, we've talked about our big, hairy, audacious goal before for what we think this firm could be, but it feels best when we define it as serve more families. Mm-hmm. That, that's really it. How do we serve more families? Because if it was just you and I sitting here, we'd have... There's a lid on that. I, mean, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like the lid idea. I like growing. I like expanding. I like getting better at what we're doing. I think we have. I'm certainly a better advisor than I was five years ago. I agree. I think one of the exciting aspects of growth, too, is, A, we get to talk to more families. So we get to better understand what's unique about each one, but then also where some of the common threads are, where some of the common concerns are when it comes to their plan, investing, communication in their family, whatever the case may be. And as we're growing, we have the opportunity to really reinvest into the business to help figure out where those gaps are and how we best solve for them. It was exciting the other day, taking a step outside of the office and thinking about, all right, going forward, what are the gaps that we need to fill and how can we best do that? At the same time, how do we continue to maintain a cohesive culture and consistent experience for our clients? Our industry is notorious for becoming very siloed so that you get one advisor's input and advice from one person. I think as we're building, we are intentionally trying to keep a consistent approach to how we speak with clients. But as I said, bringing those pieces of professionalism forward and being able to invest into the business to bring that forward for our clients is, it's exciting. It is. It is. It, yeah, and I was just looking through the notes from our, from our session the other day, and it was a lot of it was about recasting our vision. You know, have a vision that's going to carry us through the first five years of the firm, but really check in and say, is that what it is? And going back 15 years to when I was in the brokerage world, the stories we hear coming out of the advisory experience of others right now, it fascinates me that nothing's changed or very little has changed over time. It's still salesy tactics and, and other things. Whereas we're sitting here right now saying we get to revisit the vision all the time and, and change is a good thing. Growth is a good thing. And if we can talk about that out loud, then it makes our clients comfortable with change and growth, which we want them to experience too. A lot of this is modeling behavior as we've talked about before. Like I don't want to stop growing. I think that's something where we want to keep developing as people and as advisors and our relationships. And I think it's a healthy thing to be challenging ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, another good example, I'm, I'm going to say a story from yesterday, which I think ties into both of our, our comments there, the change, the growth, the learning, and also helping to fill gaps as, as we reinvest. 
we're in the tail end of testing out a, a new technology that we hope to bring forward for our financial planning clients that really works through healthcare solutions. So the marketplace solutions, independent healthcare, Medicare elections, and 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 so forth that to really fill in at various times of life, but that continually has come up as one of the top concerns for retirees and, and will continue to be a top concern for retirees. And I think we're very clear about where our personal expertise lies and where it doesn't lie. Medicare conversation is not within, I would not put that in my realm of expertise. I, I know enough mm-hmm. to kind of be dangerous, but but not enough to feel confident in, in my ability to help somebody navigate through that. And so we've always tried to find what's a good introduction, good connection. So we have this new company that we're working with. I sat in a client meeting yesterday and they had gone through the questionnaire and we went through the readout and we had this expert on the other end that just explained things so clearly, so concisely and talked through the nuances and how to navigate it. And she doesn't sell through the marketplace. She doesn't sell the Medicare Advantage plans. It's an independent firm that just brings the information forward. I learned so much in the meeting and the clients walked away saying this was incredibly valuable. Those are the moments that we look for and that we look forward to bringing forth new opportunities to bring new value, to bring peace of mind to our clients as they try to figure out some of this really clunky big stuff that could be out there. That sounds like a better conversation than what did the market do today? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so here's 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 a, a thought. If someone has a has an advisor and is wondering about just am I am I getting do I have the right expectations? It's probably a fair question to ask. Are you growing? Maybe ask how are you growing? So I'm going to put you on the spot. If someone were to ask you, not just professionally but just holistically, how are you growing in 2023? Myself as an individual advisor, and I'm going to extend it to the firm, the majority of our growth comes from clients that are happy with the conversations we have. That doesn't mean everything's always rosy all the time, but they, they feel as if they have a, a partner in this process. And turning to their friends and family and other professionals, and sometimes it's other professionals turning to their clients and saying, I know that you are struggling with ABC, you need to talk to Morton Brown because Morton Brown will help you navigate that. And once again, we are not going to have all the answers, all the solutions. We're not going to predict anything, but we are willing to put the work in to help families navigate. And at the end of the day, hopefully take a lot of weight off of other people's shoulders. But but that's that's truly the number one area where we grow. It's not picking the best investments. It's not here's a great solution for any and everybody. Pitching performance, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's really, it's the the connections. I think that's where the growth is rooted. What do you think? I think I've grown most, or I, I'm most excited about growing in the softer side of financial advice. We, you and I have talked before about the, you know what people uh, expected of us as advisors. We had to change the language, but I'm, I'm feeling more bold about talking about what we deliver outside the numbers 
and how important that is. Even just things like relationships in my, in my personal life, I think cultivating really meaningful relationships at this season of life is, has become massively important and being aware of how much isolation is creeping into people and, and just being able to address the very human side of advice versus just the facts and figures and not just talking about it, but leading with it. Mm -hmm. That I think is an important development. And I, I think our level of comfort as a firm doing that is a significant source of growth for us because we've heard this from new clients coming in. It just sounds different to them. It's not the conversation that they're accustomed to having. So I don't think those two are unique. I think there's a reason why we're growing and the, the growth in those conversations is contributing to that. Yes. I like that you brought in the pieces of personal growth because I think our own personal growth also helps to contribute toward the growth of the firm and us hopefully serving more and better fan like and us hopefully serving talk, talk know, more people. families and, <laughs> and and make more friends being better being better yeah great well this, this has been this has been a good conversation because we do get to ask that question sometimes like how big do you want to grow and, and we want to manage our capacity but there is kind of a missionary zeal about there's good work to be done there are people who need it and let's see what we can do and how we can develop a team that's better uh, equipped to serve kind of the highest expectations of the advisory business. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Simply Why, a podcast about money and purpose. We hope you enjoyed getting to know us, how we approach leading a financial advisory practice, and the work we do every day to help families and couples make important financial decisions. Morton Brown Family Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This podcast is designed for educational and informational purposes and not intended as investment advice. More information can be found at www.mortonbrownfw.com. We're doing a Halloween episode? Oh, did I write that? Yeah. Oh. Where did I... Oh, the Halloween episode. <laughs> <laughs> scary, scary things we see in finance. <laughs> now, now that I look at this list of things, this is this is such a caffeinated dentist list of, of topics. I'm sorry, I apologize in advance for that.